Hey everyone, I'm Jared Moranti. And I'm Evan Tam. And if you're listening, you're in the right place because this is the Wild Oop. have been written on this topic a lot of time and energy is spent on trying to successfully manage uh, software you know projects and it's a difficult thing to do well so um, yeah we're gonna get right into it uh, what is what has your experience been um, working on this stuff like I guess from like a working like a worker's perspective like what have you seen like throughout your career, I guess, in terms of maybe successful and not successful methods? I, I think throughout my career, I've seen um, techniques such as agile used. There, I've used techniques um, like Scrum or like Kanban methods. Um, but I think when estimating for a software project, yeah, it, it gets really hard i i don't like i don't think like i don't think there's ever going to be like a perfect estimations because there's just like in a software project there's so many requirements that's changing and there's yeah. like a lot of things happening around the right. background right but i think trying to use a technique like agile can help um have better estimates but i think estimation and and software management is like a very complex project so in my career i've used two techniques kanban and um scrum to manage uh software projects yeah how about you so i've been i've used that stuff um like agile and is it is it kanban or is it kanban like one of them sounds like a really white person way of saying things kanban (laughs) i don't know so like is it kanban because that feels right to me i say kanban and i've heard it uh-huh. Uh, said Kanban uh, before also, but I don't know the other way how. All right, um, I've never heard. I've never heard the other uh, the other way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so for the sake of consistency, we're gonna say Kanban because that feels right to me, and that's like Trello board, right? Like I know like Trello is like that kind of style of um, like software, right? It's like a Kanban board. Yeah, yeah. So that's like Trello. So instead of like time boxing, you just have you you kind of like estimate your own. Uh, cards yeah so i've definitely done that stuff and i've had to use those uh methods um and like the whole agile scrum thing have you ever um and i think we'll probably spend more time talking about that because i think that's a lot more common these days um i know like agile is i don't want to say like flavor of the day but things do tend to get trendy uh in software development but i know it's been around a while like it's kind of stuck around so maybe it'll be around to stay but uh have you ever done like have you ever been at a place that did waterfall no i haven't 
but I've heard I've I've only heard bad things about Waterfall, but I'm uh-huh. sure there is a reason why you would want to prefer Waterfall over Agile, but I have not worked at a place that used Waterfall. Have you? Yes, uh, and it was not good. Um, I think it's kind of fallen out of favor. Um, and I don't... <laughs> like, the manager I had, this is a previous job, no names, no nothing like that going to be used. Uh, previous place of work, previous manager... And he used Waterfall. And I think the problem for me with Waterfall is that I don't see how it could ever be really successful with something like like a new software project because you ask somebody at the beginning, you know, how long do you think this is going to take? Um, and I always like to use the flying car analogy because in a lot of software projects, you're doing something that you haven't done before. So you don't really know how long it's going to take. So it's like asking somebody, well, how long is it going to take to build your flying car? And it's like, well, you know, six weeks. But you don't really know that because you've never done that before. So the problem with Waterfall is that estimations become commitments like to management, right? Management will say, give me your estimate. And you give it to them, and they write that down as a commitment. And then when you see that your, that your time isn't coming out right, they're like, hey, what happened? You know, this isn't happening in the time you said it was. And it's like, well, yeah, because it gave you an estimate. Estimates, by definition, are never correct. So I've never seen it where it was not treated that way. Um, So to me, that's like for the kind of software development that we do, I don't see how Waterfall is really ever a good methodology. I have not had success with it. I've never seen it personally, like very successful. Um so hopefully I never have to go through a situation where, you know, that's being used again. I just don't think it's that's kind of an oversimplification of why maybe why I don't think it works very well. But that's kind of the gist of it. Um, it was not good. So and we kind of ha- it was almost a situation like not obviously not a flying car. But I remember for this particular project, we were promising some pretty big things Um that we did not have like expertise in doing as a group, but it was like the customer wanted it. So we were like, yeah, we can do that. And, you know, and it's going to take us two months and like this much money. And it was like just way under, under like bid or whatnot. And part of it was because the manager wanted that. Like if we gave him a longer estimate, he'd be like, I remember he said like, oh, why? Like, why is it going to take that long? And it's like, he just wouldn't take any answer except for the one that he wanted to hear. It was bizarre, but uh, yeah, so luckily you haven't had to do that. I would not really recommend it, but uh, I think that's kind of died out uh, or, or lost favor, you know, in the software world. Okay, um, so what? from what I'm aware of, Waterfall is just like you finish one thing before you can finish another thing. Can you explain a little bit more in detail what Waterfall, the Waterfall methodology covers? to our audience i think i think that's i mean basically the idea like if you think about like a gantt chart where you have like this flow of things where it's like one depends on the next right it visually looks like a waterfall um but again like it relies on you know accurate estimates to to plan for costs and time and you think about delaying one thing it pushes everything else out um it's just I just don't see how it's doable. Like, and that's kind of what that's kind of the big topic, right? Around software management project is estimating 
how long something is going to take, which is really, really hard to do. I mean, there's, like we said, there's like books that are written about this, um, all kinds of theories. There's like the mythical man month idea. Um, there's another book I have that's pretty well known. Is it called People Wear? Something like that. Uh, you know, some of these pretty famous books about managing projects. But yeah, no, I think Waterfall is just the typical, like, you know, Gantt chart, one thing depends on another kind of timeline setup. Um, but you can't, I mean, how, how are you going to know at the beginning of a project? Like, yeah, we can get this done in this time. It's going to be done, you know, on this date. It's like, well, we're doing stuff we haven't done before and we don't really know exactly how to do everything. And then you can consider things like scope creep and, um, you know, there's unknown unknowns. There's just, there's a lot to, to make that successful. Gotcha. Yeah. I think estimation in software is a really hard problem. Um, so let's talk about more, uh, let's talk about agile a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so what is your experience in agile methodologies? Um, well, you know, I want to hear from you first. Cause I kind of just talked for like five minutes <laughs> no, no, so no uh, uh, okay. i was gonna because so just for the audience's record uh or the audience's knowledge whatever evan and i have worked together before in the past at the same place we don't currently but so we do have some experience um working on some things together um so we will be able to speak about like you know some shared experiences but um yeah so that that has happened uh, but and, I, and we did do agile there or some kind of form of agile. So here, here's a question I have for you, because I always kind of hear or like I've been other places. I've been places that say like, yeah, we do agile, we do scrum. And it's like it's not really scrum, right? Like a two hour meeting is not a scrum meeting. Uh, so like, do you think that there's actually like a well-defined I know that there's like agile principles and like, you know, the scrum methodology that you can follow it to the letter. Do you think a lot of places do that, that claim to do that, like in your experience? Or is it kind of like we just do our thing and we call it agile or we call it scrum? It's like an own, like our own version of it. Like what has your experience been there? I, I think from my experience, I think I, I, I haven't been in a place where a company falls agile to its T and I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily the best way either. I don't think following anything to the T is a good thing. I think it's whatever fits your company, but I, I have been at places where we do agile, but it's not just scrum, but I've heard of places where they claim they do agile and it's just scrum, which is, yeah, you know, it's that, that's not really agile. That's just having a, a meeting in the morning. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there there are places that claim they do agile and just do scrum, but like I think there's like more to agile to, than just like scrum and like retrospectives and like daily stand-ups. It's kind of like a culture within the company and like right. how how things get done. Like you, we need like some sort of process whether agile or some other custom process to be able to iteratively move quickly in terms of communication in terms of getting requirements done requirements collected 
Um, context is spread over the team. Everyone knows what they're working towards. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what they're working on. Like just some sort of uh, process, whether you know agile yeah. or something else. Um, but yeah, most places—not most places—but I have seen like places where they say they do agile and it's just Scrum, which isn't really correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I have this thing where I th- like I think it's really easy to kind of like overdo on process, depending on the size of the team. Like, just in terms of like wanting to feel productive. Um, like, for example, like you could take a task. Um, like, I don't know if like. So, like, let's say Jira, right? If you're using Jira and you have your tickets, um, like, those tickets don't necessarily represent how much work there is to do. Like, one like the, one ticket is obviously not equivalent to another ticket. So Correct. I, and, like, yeah. I've talked to people, and I've had this experience myself, where you can have, you know, 10 tickets that take a couple hours, because you can knock right through them, like, you know, before they go into testing and review or whatnot. Um, or you can have, like, one or two tickets that, you know, take a long time, like a longer time. So what happens is to look productive to the management or to the customer, you can make a whole bunch of tickets that don't really have a lot of meaning or a lot of difficulty. And you're like, hey, I closed 20 tickets this week or whatnot. But it's like, it's not really... You know, like, well, what's the percentage towards getting to the end product? It's like, well, we're not answering that. So, like, things aren't moving as uh, forward as fast as you would like. But it's like, hey, all these tickets are getting closed. So, I don't know. That doesn't really necessarily relate to Agile specifically. But it kind of does because, like, I've been in places where it's like, well, here's your tickets for your sprint, which is another term I'm not a fan of uh, for maybe a reason we can get into in a bit later. But, um, like, I've been at places where it's like, oh, hey, I got all my work done for my sprint, like, in a couple days. Like, you know, can I get some more work to do? And it's just, I don't know. It's just because there's no, like, real consistent, like, you know, ticket size versus amount of work to do. And it all just kind of starts to feel like this is being done for, like, management optics versus we're actually working towards the end goal kind of a thing. I mean, we are. We're obviously still working towards the end goal, but not in a not in the most productive way, I guess. Um, and again, like, it's all under, like, oh, we're doing Agile, we're doing Scrum. So it's definitely not, like, the silver bullet. Like, oh, this is, like, the best way to, to move towards a, a uh, finished product. Like, I think there's more that goes into it, for sure. Uh, it's not easy, but it, it seems like an easy trap to fall into, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think like if you're just measuring um, tickets by just like sheer number of tickets completed, it doesn't really mean right. anything. Yeah. Like within each ticket, there's like a complexity value on like how complex the ticket is. And like if there's like one ticket that's super complex and it's actually worth like 20 tickets, then, you know, that ticket, that one ticket that could represent. 20 tickets but i think i think it depends i think there's like 
Because there's things you can do, like, with, like, story points and, like, how to calculate. Like, maybe you can calculate with, like, number of days or you can calculate with some kind of metric to determine, like, complexity of the ticket. So then you can have, when you're comparing, like, sheer number of tickets against each other, then you can kind of have this factor that says, like, oh, this one ticket actually is, like, really hard and it will take more time than these 20 tickets. But... I think there has to be like some process in place in the software company or else it's like the wild, wild west and you just like, th- then it's just chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You definitely yeah. got to have some process. Um, even like where I'm at, like I manage a small team and we've definitely had to have, you know, process, like the, we're, we're putting process in place just even with a couple people to... Make sure we're all on the same page and moving forward. But at the same time, we're not like we're definitely making an effort to not go overboard in terms of putting like red tape into place um, to, you know, because I think that can slow people down. Um, I had something else I was going to mention. Maybe it'll come back to me. But um, yeah, so what has been your experience like again? Like the whole like, oh, well, this ticket's worth more, like if you call them points or whatever, like complexity points. Like to me, even that is, even that is, can be hard to, to estimate because like, what are you basing that on? Like, do you know how long it's going to take or is it because it's an unknown property? Like we think this is going to take longer because we don't really know. Like, how do you assign those things? Um, like, and again, um, we had like a recent, we had like a recent issue, uh, where I'm at now where there was a problem and there was a problem with something we were developing and some of the solutions proposed were very complicated. Um, and we spent like the, like a couple days was spent trying to figure this out. And then another solution was proposed that was about a two-minute solution and should have been, like, proposed at the beginning. And that solution ended up working perfectly. So it's kind of like, you know, well, there was one side that was saying this was going to take days, and they did spend days on it. And there was another side that was like, this is really easy we can fix this by doing this. And that ended up being true. So if you look at like, you go back to your ticket thing, you know, well, who's making the tickets? Who's making the estimations? So it's, uh, it's well, like, well, it's that, tough. Yeah. Well, that's where it goes into like sprint planning and you, 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 uh, this isn't like a silver bullet when during yeah. sprint planning, but like you have to like be aware of the unknown unknown. So maybe, you know, make a ticket for, doing research on top of the implementations maybe that separation would help i'm I'm not saying that's like the that's the answer to solving that problem because it seems like that specific problem there the the problem was the unknown unknowns because you're like running in circles you're trying to say like oh does this way work does this way work but then it's the unknown but you finally found the unknown which is like that the two minute solution that you guys found um so i think one way in my head is like to separate like researching the unknowns and then uh separate 
some uh, separate some time to actually do the implementation. But I, again, I don't think that's like the silver bullet to that specific problem. I think that's just one way to like help mitigate certain pain points. So, but what has your experience been in the accuracy of these complexity estimations? I, I think from my experience, I think, um, I think it depends. I think there's certain problems that we ran into that even though we did like an estimation, like sometimes we overestimated and sometimes we underestimated. Like mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've been in sprints where we estimated, you know, it's, it's going to take two weeks, but then like the whole team's already done by half of the first week. And then we're like, right. oh, we have no work to do. And I've, <laughs> and I've been in situations where we over overestimated. Yeah, I think that's the word. Uh, where we um, we estimated this would be done in two weeks, but it actually takes uh, um, more time. So maybe, yeah, yeah underestimate, that's, underestimate. That's under underestimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. underestimated. Um, and it's hard. It's estimation. I think I think it's a really hard problem because like it's like there's so many factors because yeah. within within the sprints like requirements can change or you have like an on-call or like yeah uh, something happens to prod that you have to immediately fix or there's like bugs that just pop up that just like blocks what you're doing because that oh, takes yeah. priority over yeah uh the feature development um that happens constantly honestly. constantly and then so, that just like, like yeah throw, throws a sprint like you know out of control it's just yeah um i'm gonna talk real quick about this term sprint just get it out of the way it's always it's always bugged me because and i know it's just it's just a word but i feel like it's like this thing like for management to tell people to like you know you're going to work as hard as you can for two weeks and then you're going to work the next two weeks as hard as you can it's like there's not an athlete alive who can sprint forever right sprinters by (laughs) definition run as fast as you can for a short period of time and then they sit there and they rest for like hours so it's just this idea that like oh we're doing sprints constantly two week sprint two week sprint it's like it just sounds like you're running a hamster in a wheel and that i i hate that term i wish they would call it something else because you can't you can't sprint forever i agree (laughs) it's like there's got they got to come up with like there's this I mean, I, I work hard. I know you work hard, and that's one of the reasons we get along. Uh, but it's like, at the same time, you can't just be told by management, you know, you're sprinting 100% of your work hours or like, you know, it's like, come on. They got to call it something else. Call it a, a window, your two-week window. I don't know. Maybe Windows has too much baggage in our industry, that word. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I yeah. just, that, that term just annoys the heck out of me, but we'll use it because it's the standard definition. But I, it's just funny how like I think there's like these these words that I mean they mean something, you know. And it's like I think there's something psychological to it about using them, but that's just my take. Yeah, I don't know where the word sprint comes from. I'm not I'm not gonna try to try to try to sidetrack this, but yeah, I don't know where the word sprint comes from. Like. Like I yeah. sprint, I sprint marathons or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're working on these projects for a long time. It's not like you're doing crunch and it's like, okay, now we have to sprint because we have to finish something really quick. It's like, 
that's what they call like these two week windows that you know if you're doing agile or i don't know if that's supposed to be related to agile or 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 like the scrum i don't know do you know which one it's tied to it's it's tied to scrum uh, it's for time boxing so yeah the, the idea is that if you have like a like a time limit or like a time window then yeah you want you you would want to focus more yeah. in that time window on your task so it's it's more it's related into scrum for time boxing see i like that right there a whole lot better focus time box or time window like that makes total sense to me uh that's all that's all they have to call it they don't have to call it sprinting and it's like yeah you have a deadline so focus like that's all you have to do uh or that's all you have to say i don't know um which is funny because you do have these, you know, these time windows or deadlines or whatnot that you're trying to get done in two, in two uh, weeks, and then like at a lot of these places, you know, you'll have these meetings like every day, or like you'll have like your scrum stand up in the morning, which I know is supposed to be like 15 minutes, but I've never been at a place that could get them in in 15 minutes. Like I've been at one place that we would literally sit there for like two hours. And it's just mm-hmm. like, we are wasting time. Like, can we just get back to work? And there's like, yeah. that's, there's that story. It's like an anecdote, or not an anecdote, but like a joke. But it's a joke because it's kind of true. Like, uh, like you know, software team is falling behind on its, you know, project. And the managers don't understand why. And they tell the workers, you know, we're going to keep meeting every day until we can figure out why we're not getting this done. And it's like, well, that's the joke, right? We're, we're meeting until we figure out why we're not getting work done. And it's like, that's what it feels like sometimes. It's like, so where I'm at, um, what I do for my team, we meet once a week, like Mondays, to know what we're going to try to accomplish for that week. And like, that's it. We also have like some online tools that we use for, you know, collaborating and keeping track of like to do's for the projects. We don't do tickets that we commit against. Like, you know, you have your GitHub commits that explain everything you're doing. You can review there. Don't have to worry about like ticket size or anything like that. But we do have like a task list. Like this is a feature that we need to get done. And you can like write comments on, you know, on those boards to say like, here's how it's going, blah, blah, blah. But like, Aside from that, like my goal is to give the team the largest un- uninterrupted blocks of time for them to focus and work. And like that's that's what I think you need as a software programmer slash developer is as much focused time as possible with the least amount of interruptions and distractions. So like that's kind of what we've been doing. It's a small team, but you know, you have you have some task tracking. Um, you know, that you can collaborate on, like on, you know, like on a dashboard, basically once a week meeting that lasts 30 minutes at most. And the rest of it, like we're trying to give people as much time as possible just to focus. That's kind of how I think at, at least for the size of team that, that we have, that's like my approach so far. I can see how when the teams get bigger, it might need more than that. But, um, I do think uninterrupted, like, you know, distraction-free time and distraction-free zones are important. Yeah, I so. think it. I think the processes will definitely have to change because there's, like, a difference between, like, a, 
small startup to like a medium startup to like actually yep. like a large company then yeah. like processes change um oh yeah so in your experience how do you manage expectations from management like how do you set deadlines on certain things to be done at that date how do you are you you're kind of asking like how do you not manage up but um make sure that expectations with your manager are aligned correct yeah, yeah. Uh, so that depends a lot on how good of a manager you have because i've had you know good managers that are that understand like how things go um and have like realistic expectations and i've had managers like again going back to the one uh the one that really sticks out to me was the one that i was talking about with waterfall um just completely like disconnected from reality where uh like you're doing your best to explain well this is why you know this is this way and this is what we can do like we're gonna try our best like we're gonna work really hard like <laughs> the same person i remember like i was working on the project with another guy and we both me and this other guy were wanting to do a really good job on it but we were behind so we were like but it was for a customer so i remember we went to the manager and said look can we like work extra hours on this like outside of what's on the estimated you know cost or whatever like we're just we just want to go do it because we want this thing to be good and he said no um and we were like what like why and it was because if we put more hours into it it would throw the estimation off like interesting huh yeah so it was like well my estimation is going to be more incorrect if you put more hours into it even if it comes out closer to the end product that we want and so it was like it became this thing where i mean this it was bizarre and it was like you know it was all about like the metrics and trying to look good not necessarily how good the end product came out like it, it got like kind of heated just like why would you let us make a good like product like this is ridiculous like you'd rather have a worse product with like you know the hours being closer to you know the estimation and we weren't going to bill for that time i don't think it was going to increase the cost at all it was just like oh i'm going to look bad because i couldn't estimate it right but then like i was telling this person like you you're talking about something that's hard really really hard to do anyway like it's okay if you're a little wrong in my opinion i don't know maybe that's not the case but i think it wasn't again i think there was some disconnect there and like it wouldn't have been a bad thing to be wrong on the estimate but he, this person just did not want to be right so um in terms of setting the expectations with the manager i think I, it's a two-way thing you know um the manager has to clearly communicate what the priorities are um you know if the priorities change like you said like things can happen during the week where you know, fires can come up or something can change. And it's like, well, that's going to change what happens over the, you know, quote unquote sprint. Um, so it's really kind of a two way thing, I think. And just, 
And the other thing is, if you're one of the people taking direction, I think it's really important to not be um, like negative. Uh, be like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, you really got to have like a kind of a go-getter attitude. Like, I know when I'm working on something, I want to figure out the best way to do something. Or it's like, yeah, I want to get this done. And if you tell me, you know, this is the task, like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to figure out how to get it done. Unless for some reason it's like really, really impossible. Like, you're asking something kind of absurd then I think it's definitely okay to be like, well, you know, I disagree with that a bit because of, you know, these reasons. But um, the whole management thing, man, that is that is a two-way street. You have to have a good manager that can accept um, feedback. Um, and it helps, mm-hmm. I think, if your manager has been a developer or engineer in the past. When, when it's like someone who doesn't understand that, it's really it's a lot tougher. I, I think that that's, that's true. Uh, um, I think technical product managers, uh, since they have experience like uh-huh. coding and stuff yeah. and they, they know like how it feels to be under tight deadlines or like how it feels to overestimate or underestimate. So mm. with that, like tribal knowledge, then it helps them estimate better but i think also estimation comes with like empathy you have to like know like your team like know what people can actually do like even if your teammates say like oh i can do something but if you actually feel like they can't i mean you you know like their their limits quote unquote yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. so a really good product manager i think is technical and just kind of like empathizes with his or her team um, and then that's how you get like really good estimates. But again, I think getting a hundred percent accuracy on estimates is I, I don't think it's possible. Like I think it's really hard. Yeah, no, I don't think it I mean, like let's look at all the stuff that you see, all the products, like how often big products get delayed from very capable companies that have been doing this, you know, for decades. It's like Stuff gets delayed all the time, all the time, um, whether it's regular software products or, you know, like video games get delayed a lot. Um, in fact, I, I remember there was a period where I like almost every game I could think of, you know, would get delayed maybe like 10, 10 years ago or whatnot. I don't know if it happens as much now, but um Maybe they don't announce them until they're closer to completion. I don't know. But I remember back in the day, those things got delayed constantly. And it's just it's just really, really hard to do. So um, so I have a question for you. How do you yeah. like to, like, how do you prioritize what is priority within a sprint, like bug fixes, uh, backlog grooming, features? That's really uh, tough because oftentimes, um, as I'm sure you're well aware, like business needs will not necessarily align with what engineering thinks is most important. And obviously, like if you are in engineering, like your job is to, you know, make the products that make the business run. Um, I don't think. 
oftentimes people outside of engineering don't understand the importance of things like going back and fixing bugs um, or like spending like a lot of quality time like doing you know bug fixes or like going back through things that are broken and and all that so that's a tough one um but i think it's like 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 two two ways right it's like like what takes more priority like even though like in in a small startup yeah um like if you don't have the features then you don't you don't get the money but then oh, it's yeah. like if you you don't fix the bugs, then you know it could lead to bad things also. But it's like you know. Oh yeah. Which... Well, that's that's one of the reasons it's so much work to be in a startup yeah. is because you typically have less people than you need, right? Because you don't make all the money that you would like to hire the people that you want. So it's like you know people like you and me are typically putting in a lot more hours in full time. Um, just because it's like, oh, maybe I'm going to fix bugs late at night or on the weekend or something like that. Because during the week, we're working more on features or something new. Um, so that's why I say it's really hard is because usually the other people in the company, the only things they un- they tend to understand, and this isn't a knock on, on people outside of engineering, but because I totally get it. The only things they, they tend to understand are the things that they can see. So... Like you could show them a new dashboard page that has absolutely no logic in it necessarily, but if it looks like it has a bunch of forms and buttons and it looks really cool, they they could be like, oh man, this is this is awesome. But if you maybe refactored some feature to work ten times faster and you know was way more efficient in terms of you know time and space complexity. Um, and you're like, hey, look at this. Like, do this. And they're like, yeah, so I could do this before. And you're like, yeah, you don't get it, though. Like, this works way better than it used to. They'd be like, what? This is, like, why did you show me this? Like, they don't get it, you know? And it's like, but people like us would be really excited by that kind of an outcome. So if you have non-technical leaders, it's kind of like you kind of have to balance the stuff. I mean, obviously, you have to get to that end product anyway. But the progress kind of has to be, in my opinion, balanced where you have enough visual things or physical things to show people at the same time that you're doing like the back end non-scene stuff that is also important. Because if you do them all at once or more like, you know, grouped together, like some people will think, hey, there's no progress happening because I haven't seen anything in a month. But the truth of the matter can be very different. So you're kind of managing a lot of different things in my opinion. Um, again, which is totally fine. I totally get it. Um, but that's kind of my approach to it is I just try to, to spread things out or schedule them in a way to where everybody's kind of, you know, feeling like progress is happening and it kind of keeps as many people as happy as possible for that reason. Yeah. I, I kind of like that style too. I, I like focusing. If we were to get some big feature out, just focus on that big feature mm-hmm. uh, to get it out. I think having focus and just doing one thing at a time uh, is better to do than doing like a ton of things at once. So get the feature out, yeah. get the momentum going, and then after that, go back and like fix bugs. So yeah, the, the sprints I like are um, where we focus on 
a feature and then we'll plan a two-week sprint for that feature and then try to get it to completion with like as many sprints as we need and then go back and fix yeah bugs um i think where where you're at right now though no no it's okay i was just gonna ask you like where you're at right now though like you have it's almost all technical people right uh majority i would say everyone is an engineer at some point and they're not everyone but most people are even the ceo was an engineer Right. Uh, the, the CTO is super technical. So, yeah. yeah, everyone understands or has been in uh, the shoes of an engineer where they're expected to meet deadlines, expected to have deliverables at a certain um, time. So, yeah, everyone's mostly technical. Yeah. Like, if you had, like, so, like, let's say, see, so I think it's a little different because, like, if you had, um, like, let's say your product is looking good. You don't need any new features in the like near term, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to spend the next month solely working on like bug fixes or improving like you know efficiency in different areas." Like, I think your heads up or, or like your head, like the head of the companies would like totally see the value in that, and and like have no problem with that. And at the end of the month, they could look at what was done and be like, "Wow, that was really cool." Like, even though there's nothing to see. You know definitely, what I mean? definitely, yeah. So and we it's do a have different, like yeah. depending on the company that you're at. Yeah, we do have uh, what you just said. Like after we finish a big feature, then we usually just go back and uh, like bug bash, and then yeah, and then if we need like another feature, like another big feature or a couple of big features, then we'll go on the features after we right squash squash the bugs. Yeah. So. I mean, so again, like choosing the, those priorities, I think it it comes down to understanding the company that you're at, like, you know, what management values, a lot of different things. Um, and it's just being able to kind of navigate those waters, I guess, depending on the company that you're at. And, you know, once you see a whole bunch of different stuff, it's kind of like you realize not every not every place is the same. So kind of depends where you're at. Yeah, I think there's just there. Yeah, I think there's pros and cons in every place. I think just finding the right balance and finding how to align with the company's mission and upper management. I think yeah, uh, with those things in mind, I think should be fine. And that's actually kind of a good lesson, I think, for a lot of engineers because, for example, myself, um, I'm actually like a very very introverted want to be left alone kind of person and that really doesn't work like uh working as a team or working with especially non-technical people so like i you know i've had to put in a lot of time and effort like trying to become the kind of person that can easily talk with people outside of engineering um like people i don't know well uh, and I think a lot of engineers think, well, I should be able to just because I think the I think the job kind of attracts that type of personality a lot. Not obviously not a hundred percent, but there's going to be a lot of people out there who are just like, oh, I, I'm more comfortable at the computer than anywhere else. Um, so I think developing those skills uh, is is important because you could you could kind of take the approach like, well, I think that's stupid. Like I don't I shouldn't have to 
learning how to do that stuff. I should just be able to program and they can tell, you know, we can figure out what to do or people will listen to me if I, you know, know what, if I know what we should be doing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I don't think that's the case. I, I There's a huge um, advantage to, <laughs> it sounds funny, but just like learning to be easily sociable um, with like your coworkers and your management because it's a very different um, it's a very different skill for like managing that kind of stuff than it is you know just doing your doing your job so like all that stuff is related like um, that we're talking about so yeah so okay let's talk about like release cycles like after you complete a project how how often do you do you guys release we're pushing stuff out, so we don't really like have like a timeline where it's like, oh, every two weeks we push things out. We push things out when they're ready. So it could be, you know, every day of the week, new things go out, or it could be, you know, something takes two weeks to get done, or like we don't have something done for two weeks. It's all dependent on um, when something is ready to go. So, uh, and obviously we do like, you know, the continuous integration and deployment and all that stuff. So we have processes in place for doing that kind of thing, but there's no, we don't have like a release schedule or cycle per se. Yeah. So what we do, we do weekly releases. We release every Wednesday, but we only Uh release whenever like the feature is ready. We don't release if it's not ready, like. Gotcha. Um, but we have a release window where we release every Wednesday, and then we have we also have CI/CD. So do you stuff like will you have stuff like? Could you get something in the can on like a Friday, and it's like okay, yeah, it's gonna go out on Wednesday. Yeah, if it's if it's ready. So gotcha. we have to we have to go through QA and everything. Yeah. Too. So. Is there a reason that you go out on Wednesdays? Is it because that's what customers expect? Or is it because there's something important in the process that you're only wanting to do it once a week? Uh, Wednesdays, because if you do it on Monday, that means you might have to work like on the weekend. If like, let's say you have, you're you're halfway done, you know, Friday. Right. I want to release it really bad. Cause then if the release window is Monday, then you. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 then if it's Friday, then it's like, um, you know, no one wants to release on a Friday and then go, no, no, go on the weekend <laughs> and then everything breaks. You know, we we yep. want to. It's it's right in the middle, so we have time. So if we need to go revert anything or you know something's not working right, then we can revert it. So it's more of like uh, you know, where in the week it is work week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I used to push stuff out on Friday, and I think one time something went really wrong and like i'm never doing i was like i'm never doing that again (laughs) yeah like even if something seems like it's done on friday i'm like we're not pushing it out so i totally get that yeah no that makes sense um i don't think i don't think my team is at the size yet where we need to have that kind of a release schedule because it's kind of like again if something's ready it goes out but like even this last week we had stuff done and we're like, nah, I told them, like, we're not pushing it out. We'll do it next week. So even though, like, it seems totally safe, like, you just never know. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, going back to 
you mentioned or we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast the idea of like kanban boards um what do you think of their use versus like you know like like the agile methods because there's also a couple different ways that i've noticed that people can use kanban boards and i'm kind of interested in that idea like I like to use them as just like a task list. Like here's a task, here's a task, you know, in whatever area. And then when it's done, it's done. It's off the board. Um, I've also seen it used in terms of like, oh, like what's a backlog? What's in process? Like this is blocked. And then, you know, like like completed. So oh, kind of similar to like the Scrum or Agile method where it's like, oh, you can have something that's blocked. And you say, I'm blocked on this. Um, I kind of tend to favor the, like the to-do list method um because i don't like have like move things in between all these different statuses like when i when i feel like the the ticket itself or the card itself could have a status on it but i don't know what it like i guess it's kind of the difference between um like a rigid approach you know with the agile or whatnot versus maybe like more flexible i guess i don't know what do you think about that so i i prefer the Kanban style. So Kanban and uh, Scrum are part of Agile, but I like Kanban because mm-hmm. it allows more flexibility. So if we get uh, changes from requirements mm-hmm. uh, from customers, we can easily switch up the Kanban board and uh, sort it by uh, priority, as opposed yeah. to if you're doing Scrum, you have like a you already did your sprint planning, so that was um at the beginning of the week then you if say you're in the middle of the week and you already planned your sprint like you would have to do another sprint planning with the changes and requirements to account for the changes um from your customers yeah so i like having more flexibility than rigid because if you're too rigid that means i at least me personally i feel like i'm too confined in the boxes so it, it makes changes harder when in your two ridges. So I prefer Kanban over Scrum and two week sprints. Yeah. So when you're using that board, like how do you organize, like how do you like to have the columns organized? So I like it organized uh, into three sections. So there's like what you're planning to do next, what mm-hmm. is in progress, and then what <laughs> is like done. Right. Um, so that make that keeps it pretty simple and straightforward. Okay. Okay. How about yeah, you? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, because I I kind of like having them. Well, th- the way we're doing it right now, like the columns are are almost like um, like categories. So we have we have these projects. Each project has its own um, area, and you can actually look at things. We we use Asana. Uh, and so Asana has like a list view and a Kanban view, but it's like the same thing. So you can just get like a, a different look at the same information. Um, I didn't like, <coughs> excuse me. I didn't like their like default way of looking at things because like the first thing they said was the first category was like backlog. And the next one was like in progress. Um, there was completed there was blocked. There might have been something else. I don't like the idea of a to-do as an immediate backlog. It feels like you're behind when this, you're not necessarily 
Like there wasn't any just kind of like, you know, we just this is a task that has to be done. It was like it's either in progress or it's in your backlog. And it's like, well, I feel like backlog is something you're actually late at. So we kind of changed that up to just being like different areas. Like every card or item is just a to-do and then they can be in different areas. And then like the things that you mentioned, like uh, their status, like are they in progress or are they completed? Those are actually different like statuses on the the actual item. I don't know why like this like Asana was designed that way because you could have like a completed column, but then you could also have like a completed status on the card. So it's like, hey, those things could be, you know, out of sync, you know, potentially. Like you could have a completed task that's sitting under a different column. It could be sitting under blocked, you know. For all for all you know, but it's been marked completed. So I, I kind of wasn't like big on that style. So I just like it to be like as basic as possible. So I just leave it as like a to do list, and then you can mark all the like in status stuff within the card itself. Um, but again, like you can have the different columns, and one of them actually is completed for us. Um, so when you mark it, we have it set up that it automatically gets moved over there. Um, but it's I mean. Again, it's not tied to like a sprint or anything like that. So I I do like that. I do like having the list done that way. Um, so it's we're not really doing like two week sprints. Like I said, like we do like a one once a week meeting, and then anything outside of that is either communicated on the board, or if you really need to do like one on one with someone, you just go talk to them. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think like. I think either like I think companies do like always do like some hybrid approach to like either Kanban or Scrum. Um, but I think yeah, there just has to be like some processes in place. And then I like it. I I like to keep it oh, yeah. simple. Also, like as simple yeah. as possible. Like so, then you don't need a ton of meetings. You don't need like right. a ton of other things. Um, right. Because I've been in companies where we do a ton of meetings, and I. Sometimes I feel like there's like we we go overboard on meetings. Like we have a oh, meeting yeah. to to plan a meeting. Yes. That, when you when you get to that point, it's like, why do we need a meeting <laughs> yeah. to plan a meeting? Right, right. Well, that's the whole like makers versus manager schedule. And again, I think that gets into. I feel like you're way more likely to have managers who were not programmers if you start getting to that point. Maybe that's not entirely true um for every case I, but yeah. yeah i don't think that's entirely true i think it's just like how uh, I, I think it just depends on the the company and how they like to plan things so people sure. have different preferences um, sure i know it's not my preference but yeah <laughs> yeah um, but anyways yeah i think whatever software management style that you do i think um I think whatever works and fits the company culture and fits like the team dynamic, whatever, whatever like helps get things done faster. I think just go with that one regardless sure. of what it and is. I, and in my opinion, no matter what, um, very important is you got to give people again, like my number one thing is like I mentioned before, just large uninterrupted blocks of time to focus. Like, and you're going to get more done that way than having, you know, constant meetings and constant overhead, like with tickets and documentation and, you know, like daily 
every like stuff like just give your people time to get their work done and not interrupt them and i think you're going to see personally i think you see uh big increases in productivity but that's my opinion so but it's worked for us so that's what i'm sticking to all right thanks again for listening uh this is the wild loop and i'm evan tam i'm jared moranti and uh we will see you next time Peace. Um, that movie like what, what movie? <laughs> I thought you were going to see it Oh, yeah, 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 it's all, it's all. It was good. Uh, before, I didn't even...